0: From the city of Beaky Blinders, Birmingham, England, I would like to introduce you to Paddy Dandar.
1: As the world becomes more automated and the robots take over, it's imperative that we build the right human skills for the future. So pull up a chair, grab a small or two, and make yourself very uncomfortable. Hey folks. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Superpower School podcast. I'm Paddy your host. And in this episode, we're going to go deep on leadership. I have a guest today who is a four-times author. She's from NMS Communications, and she's, one of the books that she's written is Value-Based Leadership for Dummies, uh, which I'm, I'm really intrigued about, so I can't wait to speak to her. So uh, without further ado, I want to welcome Maria Gam. Hey, Maria.
0: Great, Paddy. Thanks for having me.
1: You are welcome. I'm loving your red top. Did you match with my corporate colors at all, or was that a what
0: I'd like to say I did, but no, it was pure chance. Just trying to feel a little bit more festive as we have a snowstorm rolling in here. Oh,
1: wow. Before we talk about leadership, I'd love to know your background, your journey. How did you get here? I'm
0: a born and bred native New Yorker, and I... As you said, we were talking about how crazy it is to live here. I love this place. It's insane. It will always be my home. And from a very young age, I knew that I wanted to live and work internationally. And I did just that. The minute I could, I, I left my house, my family house and ventured into Manhattan and got my education and started working even before I was done with my degree. So I was, I spent 20 years in the fashion industry, which is crazy considering where I am today, but I spent 20 years in the fashion industry. And over that 20 years, I've done everything from design to lead product teams, to be a director within a major corporation, leading a business over, over a hundred million dollars. And it was all great, but I remember sitting in my office and I, my office looked right down um, Broadway and I could see, I could see the Empire State Building. I kept thinking to myself, I love what I do. I, I love my team and everything, but there's got to be more to this. There's got to be a better way or a bigger way that I can make an impact. And when I, I tried to get some more leadership training and their answer was to send me to a very low cost seminar out in New Jersey on leadership. And I was on vacation and I thought to myself. I can't believe that this is the solution. I mean, I'm handling all of this money and this business and, you know, I'm telling them I want to learn and there wasn't really an option there for me that I felt was really suitable. So I went and I created it myself. And I will say this and I think it's important for anybody who's listening who's considering jumping into the corporate world to understand that it is not an easy transition out. To be perfectly honest, when you're used to having a million different resources at your disposal and people doing things that's one side of it, but the other side of it is really losing your identity of who you are and starting almost starting from from zero again. So that I don't know if it really fits into being a superpower, but I do think it's important to mention that that when you are leading your own company, there is a lot of autonomy, but it's not always easy to do. Yeah. 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 So I started my own, my own business. I did coaching. I did training and went back to school, even during the pandemic. I mean, I've been in my business for more than 10 years and I feel like education is always going to be important. So over the pandemic, I even went back and got a certification at NYU in learning design because I just wanted to learn more. And I think that's a big part of being an effective uh, leader and human being is to just continue learning.
1: What's funny about that Maria is I, I now work for a big training organization, but I remember leaving university, I was so sick of learning because I, I don't think I had a really great experience, to be honest. I don't think I really came across a teacher or a lecturer that I felt really inspired me and I just couldn't wait to leave and I couldn't wait to start work. And in my head, I said to myself, I'm not going to learn anything else. Like do no more formal training. I, I didn't want to study I just wanted to work and it's amazing when you look at today's world that if you take that attitude you you're going to get dead and buried because the world is moving so fast and learning has to be part of your DNA almost would you agree
0: Absolutely I read it I read something um the other day that said that the amount of advance that we will experience in the next 4 years is equal to what has been covered in the past 10 So our world is continually speeding up, and so we have to continue to upskill ourselves and to improve ourselves and to and to be engaged in the world around us, but just as people, just even as just mere human beings in the world.
1: Yeah, that's phenomenal, isn't it? Ten years in four, and I'm sure that will shrink even further going past those four
0: years. Yeah, and when I say that, as I was just arm wrestling with the slack, so. (laughs) <laughs> i still have my technical stuff to, to to upgrade myself
1: oh good stuff so maria let me ask you about your time in that leadership environment in a corporate environment in america i'm guessing yes as a female yes how was that for you
0: It was in a time when more women were coming into leadership positions, and so I do feel like I was very, very fortunate to have a lot of opportunity that perhaps other people did not have. I also worked globally, so I was literally overseas almost half the year for most of that 20-year career, so working in Hong Kong and Taipei, India. Turkey, Mexico, I mean, name it. I was there working with the teams in our offices overseas. So I was also leading up, over uh, internationally. And there really wasn't an issue. I, but I can remember being very young, like when I first started out going to Korea. And it wasn't usual that a woman was in a leadership position and how it was an adjustment. And it I will tell you, it made me really value what opportunity i did have because i could see how the women there did not have that opportunity they were treated differently i think it was very it was very startling for me because my experience was not the same for sure
1: yeah and w- were there any incidents or examples you can think of where you were slightly in shock
0: yeah i think the biggest one was is that when we were going out with vendors to have dinner that I was allowed to sit at the table with the men, but the women that I worked with were not. And oftentimes they weren't even invited or they had to sit at a different table. And I just, I I remember being 23 and not understanding at all why this was happening, but also realizing that you have to respect the culture that you're in no matter what. And I said nothing until afterwards, and I asked the women, and they said, but this is just the way it is here. And it was interesting over the years to see the progression of, of this happening.
1: That's, uh, that is that is a huge challenge, especially for a Westerner going into that environment. And you know, I probably can't relate as much to that, but I've certainly been in situations where I, I've seen others treat Some of the the females in the room, definitely a difference. And it has been quite shocking.
0: It is tough, but it made me much more aware of my own environment. So as my team grew and I brought people on, I would make sure that they were in the meetings that they were supposed to be in, that people were not left out. Today, we have an epidemic of people being in meetings constantly. Back then, that was quite the opposite. There was a lot of exclusion. And so until the team would cry uncle and say to me, Maria, I can't, Like, can you can you just tell me what happens because I've got too much to do today? I would be like, okay, but I want to make sure that you are included in the decision making process and that the work that you're doing, other people see. It's really important that I think your team members know that. And that was the thing that I felt wasn't happening in that situation way back when I was 23 in Korea. Is that these women were working their butts off and doing amazing things and running massive productions and they were not getting the credit for it. So it was something that I was really conscious of. Did I do it perfectly? No. I mean, but it was all a learning experience. And I I think that's one of the takeaways I would give to somebody is to just have the awareness and do as much as you can with your awareness and realize that it's never going to be perfect at least make the effort. Awareness is such an important tool when you're leading other people.
1: Yeah, no, great point Maria on that. And I'm going to just go back to something you mentioned a little bit earlier about working in a corporate and it's really difficult breaking out of that environment. And I relate to that. I pretty much always work for corporates. So me yeah. going independent, you know, I can see how difficult that would be for me, but How did you go about that? If there's anyone out there who's thinking of making that transition, any bit of advice for them would be great.
0: Absolutely. My first bit of advice is before you leap, set your foundation, know how you're going to do it or or have the support of somebody who's going to help you create a business plan and actions. And then the line items in terms of what it's going to cost you to get that business up and running. I think that people underestimate that when you start out your own business, that there are costs associated with it, budgets and all that. It's better to figure this all out on somebody else's dime, so to speak. So you're still paying and doing your day job, being paid and doing your day job while you figure all of these things out. Once you have just at least more than just a general idea of what you're going to do and and how you're going to do it and how you're going to execute it and market it, then go. The planning is actually really Important, but I also want to say don't be per- paralyzed by it. If you're going to do it, make the decision to do it and know why you're doing it. I mean, for me, I knew there was more that I could do. And I'm hearing that a lot, especially from women. As women hear, the numbers in the United States of women leaving their workplace and their job is um, astronomical. I don't remember the exact number, but it's really large. But a lot of it has to do with a realignment of their priorities about what they want. And I want to qualify what I mean by that. Yes, some women are making the decision to stay home and rear their children, which is fantastic. However, there also are groups of women who are making the decision that they're only going to work from home because they need a better balance. They're making a decision that they want to work in an environment that has a better work culture that gives them the ability to learn and to grow, and not to be in a one-track only kind of organization. And it's forcing organizations to grow, which is which is amazing and really, really, really need it. And they're starting their own businesses because they feel that there are things that they need to offer other women or other, other professionals that they have to help them you know, better their lives. It's, it's really an amazing time, to be perfectly honest. Like, I think it's exciting. While the numbers are weird and it startles people, I think it shows that the discontent is fostering creativity and outreach by people to make things better. And what else, you know, what else can you hope for, right? Is that you got to have the forward movement in order to make any kind of change in the world.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. I think things have absolutely changed a lot. Whereas before, even thinking about setting up your own business, there were much bigger barriers to entry. Now, literally, you need a phone in your bedroom and you can launch, you know, any type of business pretty much. Things have really opened up and much more accessible for people. And as you mentioned, it's a... It's a much bigger global reach that we have now. I mean, the fact that you and I are talking, Mm we never met before, but Mm -hmm. due to technology and everything available to us, all the resources, we're able to make these connections. In that process, Maria, were there any challenges you faced along the way as you went more independent? Any failures?
0: Any failures? Many failures. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing, is that I grew up in a family where if you failed and you, if you failed, you basically, you picked yourself up and you moved on and you, but you learned from it. And somehow when you are 14, 15, 10, eight, all of that is acceptable, even though you're having a hard time with it, a parent is there and they're saying to you, look, this is part of life. So let's learn what needs to be done and move on. And so I did take that into my adulthood and, and try to use it, but it's a very different thing when you are starting your own business and you're like, I don't have time to find the list and I just need to fix this. And I would say that for me, marketing was the biggest and hardest hurdle overall in the communities that I were in was in and the way that they were taught. Like I'm not into aggressive sales or shaming people or any of that. And somehow those were the people that I kept coming across. And and it wasn't something that fit who I am or the values that I have in doing that because I don't do that to human beings. I, I at least I don't believe I do. So it was about learning how to use marketing language in a constructive and productive way. And that is a skill unto itself. So that was my biggest challenge, really, was doing that. And also, I'm going to say, and this is going to be an interesting one. The second one was the first book I wrote, I really struggled with doing it. And I didn't, I couldn't believe it because I had always wanted to write. Now, I've written four books at this point. And, but the first one was really difficult because I thought to myself, oh my God, I'm really going to put something out there in the world that is a piece of me. And what if people hate it? What if they don't respond to it? And all of a sudden you're like, you're that 16 year old girl again. And, and you're so afraid of of being rejected and, and not gaining approval. That's a very scary thing to be as a grown woman, <laughs> to be honest. But what it did teach me... Was, was that I needed to get over that hurdle. And then Wiley and Sons approached me a couple years later to write the book that I pitched to them initially years before, which was on value-based leadership. And, and they're like, you're considered an expert. And I'm an expert because I wrote that first book and because I wrote for Forbes because of that book. So while it wasn't per- a perfect, it was something that finally opened things up for me. And I'll always be grateful for that. And so I wrote Value-Based Leadership for Dummies, which is part of Wiley's Dummy series, which is an educational series, which makes it very easy and lays out the principles and the components of value-based leadership in such a logical way. It also taught me discipline. So from the failures, from the things that make you concerned or feel insecure, there's so much that you can gain from it if you just allow yourself to move forward and get past the fear. I really didn't think I was ever going to get that first book out. Honestly, Caddy, I just thought it was never happening. But it it
1: did. Were you much of a writer though when you were going through your earlier career, or was this a completely new skill that you had to embark upon?
0: I think I don't necessarily consider myself a, a, a writer as much as a storyteller. And one of the most powerful tools that you can use in teaching anybody anything is a story because they remember the details of the story more than the lesson. Like if you streamline it right down to the lesson they don't absorb it but when you tell a story it's context so i think i'm pretty good about with context and storytelling and i love telling stories because i've got some great stories about my travels and my my adventure in the corporate world and being an entrepreneur so it's pretty fun for me and we all laugh you have to be able to laugh at yourself so i think that's that might be one of my superpowers
1: wow that's amazing i mean i've in my head often said, Hey, I'll, I'll write a book. I need to write a book, but I don't consider myself a writer. I'm great at creative stuff. You ask me to doodle something, I'll doodle it. But if you ask me to write pages and pages, I really struggle with that. And yeah, I, I guess just maybe some advice for anyone else out there who's in that similar boat uh, would be yeah. great. To hear.
0: I was just going to say, consider the story. Don't think about pages and pages just consider the story that you want to tell like what's the story you want to tell like for me it was value-based leadership it was it was about a new paradigm of the way that we can do business and the way that we can lead I didn't have the words VBL value-based leadership I would start there start with the story that you want to tell and the why and write that someplace or put it up on the board like I have a big board right in front of me that I use all the time and then over time just write the components of things that you want to teach that are important to it, and just just say I'm going to I'm going to put down eight things or five things and just write it, write those things and let it marinate until you decide that you can write something about it. But honestly, the stories, at least in my experience, are the things that help frame whatever it is that you want to teach. So find the story that means something to you in your heart uh, that will help other people and then break it down into five lessons and then write on that. Then get a really good editor to help you flush it out. That's it. I mean, I love doing this. People always say to me, Maria, I can't believe you written four books. Like two of them were on value-based leaderships. The other were on gratitude and resilience that Barnes and Noble here in the U S had asked me to write for them. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do this, but I have to tell you, I love doing a writing project and now I can do it so fast because I just stick to the stories and then marry it with the data. And it all works because I'm like a neuroscience nerd, like I love that stuff. So everything always goes back to neuroscience or positive psychology. And it's just because it's the stuff I read and that resonates with me.
1: Wow. I was going to say, how important is opinion versus the data and the research?
0: I think your opinion has to be validated with the data because, listen, everybody can, anybody can read the same data and have draw different conclusions because it's the way you're gonna process, each person processes through their own filter. But I do think data is important and it does give you uh, credibility, especially today, because there's too much misinformation out there. There's too much of people talking just to be loud, just to be controversial, just to be shocking, just to be annoying, just to get under the skin of other people that we as professionals, I think, have an obligation to say, this is my opinion and I form this opinion because of. End of story. And some of it can be actual data. Some of it can actually be what you've experienced in your life, but have a little bit of both. You don't have to be a data scientist to write anything. You don't have to be Brene Brown to write about vulnerability. You don't have to be Steve Jobs to talk about computers and things like that. You just have to have a breadth of experience, the stories that go with it, and some data that's going to back up or reinforce what it is that you have to teach.